Hi, you're tuning into New Life Vietnam. Today's message by Pastor Love is It Multiplied from Acts chapter 9, verses 13 to 31. Okay, uh, good morning, everyone. How are you doing? I'm feeling okay, but just a bit of a sore throat. Just got back from Dalat, so uh, I guess the cold weather, but I'm okay. Um, we are coming to the end of uh, the year, and as we plan out, uh, we have finished the uh, Proverbs section, and we now go to the uh, Book of Acts, and we finish chapter 9, and by the end of the year, and next year, we continue with the Book of Acts and the Book of Proverbs. And this morning, uh, we're going to look into the text, chapter 9, verse 13 to 31. Kind of a long passage. Uh, let me kind of read for us, and then along, uh, uh, I will comment a little bit, and then we'll bring out the main part, the main idea, the gist of the message. And we'll see how the word of the Lord uh, has for us this morning. And I pray that not only just uh, the hate knowledge, but it will become, you know, the, the, the um, heart understanding, become light-transforming kind of um, uh, understanding. Um, let me kind of uh, start with verse 31. As the title, I, I borrow from that verse 31. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria, remember, um, the kind of this chapter nine. Remember chapter one with you know chapter two with the endowment of the Holy Spirit, with the kind of um, the the calling the disciple, uh, you know, to uh, go out beginning from Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria, and and uh, probably that God uh, as we learn that you know maybe was they tried to stay in Jerusalem, but God allowed persecution to scatter them. And as they went, and they shared the good news. That's how the church expanded from Jerusalem and to Judea, Samaria. And this is what happening. And remember, early on chapter 8, we begin to see some sort of, uh, you know, angelic involvement. Uh, there will be angel come in, the God, angel simply God messenger. There can be a kind of human figure, can be an angelic figure. And whatever that is, we see and record it that, you know, a God messenger involved in the church expansion. So the church in all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and was being built up, being edified, being built up, and walking in the fear of the Lord, walking, living in the fear of the Lord, and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. Give us a picture of multiplication here is not so much about marketing. It's not so much about attraction and media and all kinds of programs. It gives us right here a few things. That they had peace and was being built up. They walking in the fear of the Lord. And in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And that's my prayer and my hope for all of us. This is the big idea I want us to kind of reflect and focus on. 
and this encouraged me that the church of Jesus Christ will not depend on how good the marketing campaign will be. It will not depend on how nice the building is or will be. It does not depend on whether we have a wonderful program or not. When the people hear the good news, they have peace with God and they have peace with men. And they're being built up. Built up, obviously, we read later, this being up by the word of the Lord, by the preaching the good news and the fear of the Lord. They saw a miracle right there in their eyes. They saw the, 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 the healing of the, the lame man, the blind, and they see all that. They cannot but simply worship the Lord. And let me uh, go to the beginning of the passage is verse 13. Verse 13. Oh, yeah, we finished with verse 12 last uh, week. Uh, we know the story, just kind of a recap. Um, you know, Saul, um, being a Pharisee, um, tried to kill, murder those who follow the way, meaning Jesus. Those who follow the way, mean Jesus. And then he tried to, on the road to Damascus, and he, you know, Jesus encountered him, and he encountered Jesus. And with two questions that we saw, uh, and uh, Jesus called Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he asked, uh, who are you, Lord? And, uh, and, he, uh, and, and Jesus replied, uh, I am. As remember, this is, this is the phrase that Saul probably recognized, I am. Because the God Yahweh, the Lord, I am. I am Jesus, whom you persecuting. He saw Jesus got crucified ready. He heard about the resurrection. And he being a Pharisee, he believed the Old Testament. And he just did not like the way, I mean, the, those who follow Jesus. And he tried to kill them all, or put them into prison at least. But here he heard the voice and have a direct conversation, an experience that undeniable that Jesus is alive. And therefore, after this conversation, we saw that in verse 13, of course he met Ananias, and then Ananias uh, was told by the Lord to meet Saul. And that's why, you know, they were praying and then uh, exchanged the conversation, say, the Lord called me to see you. And the, uh, Saul said, I saw, I, the Lord told me to see you, Ananias. So they met there. Now, verse 13. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saint in Jerusalem. So Ananias at this time was still very afraid of this man. And here he has authority from the chief priest, meaning the letters from the chief priest, to really bring charges against Christian and, you know, like almost like a, 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 a arrest warrant to bring them to the prison, put them in prison, or kill them. He has full right to do that from the authority. And so, the, uh, and, and he said, here, here. And I said that here he has authority from the chief priest to buy all who call all your name, mean call on your name with Jesus. Verse 15. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles. Very specific. Not before the Jew, but before the Gentiles. And kings. And the children of Israel. For those of you who heard the word Gentile, it's basically non-Jew, right? So anyone who is non-Jew called Gentiles. 
And four, I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. He persecuted the name, tried to kill those who followed the way. But now the Lord told Anas that he will suffer for the sake of my name. Verse 17. So Ananias departed and entered the house. And laying his hand on him in Saul, and he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight. Remember, he got struck blind. And he be filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 18. Immediately, something like scale fell from his eye, and he regained his sight. You see again. Then he rose and was baptized. He rose, was baptized, and taking food, he was strengthened. Verse uh, 20, continue verse 19. For some day he was with the disciple as Damascus. So he's spending time with the disciple there. I mean, get to know each other because a disciple at this time, you know, they were still afraid of, of Saul because this guy just, you know, uh, authorized the killing of Stephen and then, you know, uh, got the letter from the priest. He got the, 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 the authority to really put them all into prison. And so, verse 20, immediately he proclaimed Jesus. So after his experience with Jesus, did not wait, did not delay, or say, I don't, you know, I, I don't know enough. He heard in the encounter Jesus, immediately Saul proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue. Remember, the book of Acts is the birth of the church. At this time, is the church begin to, uh, is already being, you know, kind of born, was born, and you know, expansion growing. That's why at this time, they still meet in synagogue, right? And then, of course, later on, they become the letters to instruct the church how the church should function. So, when you read the gospel, you must know, during Jesus' time, there was no church, only synagogue. The church happened in the book of Acts, and all the letters that addressed to the church. So some people read the letter and say, oh, why is it so different with Jesus in the gospel? Yeah, it's different because that Jesus is the foundation of the church. He's the head of the church, and the body of Christ is the church. And that's why the letters are letters to edify and build up the church. And uh, so he's saying this. He is the Son of God. So for Saul, he didn't talk about all the other fancy stuff in the Old Testament. I mean, he's the Pharisee of the Pharisee. He knew them all. But he just think that one thing that he missed his whole life is Jesus. Because Jesus is the key to unlock the understanding of the Old Testament. He got the scripture, the Old Testament. He memorized the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament. But he missed the point and he did not understand all the prophecy. And so he persecuted Jesus, and he got a conversation with Jesus and said, Why are you persecuting me? You know, it's not just the people, but me, Jesus. I'm speaking to you. So he had an encounter, and now he told his, the disciple, both Jew and, and Gentile at this point, because they, they, they came to synagogue. So either Gentile converted Judaism or Jews being Jews. And so he declared one thing, he is the Son of God, because he didn't believe that. That's why he killed him, Jesus. 
authorized the people who killed all the disciples. And so the first thing he proclaimed is Jesus is the Son of God. Now all who heard him were amazed and, it is, and said, Is not this man who had made havoc in Jerusalem of those who call upon this name? And he has not come here for this purpose, to bring them bow before the chief priest. Verse 22, and, and Saul increased all the more in strength. So this is a kind of a, a group of Jewish folks here. Try to, you know, out with him and, and try to frame and say, because you did this in the past, you know, well, well, we can't trust you. And Saul increased all the more in strength, confounded with the Jews who live in Damascus by proving you scripture. You didn't lay out all details. You proving that Jesus was the Christ. The Jews in the Old Testament, they're longing for the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior. They know, they believe in the other prophecy, but they didn't see the fulfillment right in their eyes. So they missed the point. And so Paul here tried to prove to the Jewish community here that Jesus is God's son. Jesus is the Christ and the Messiah. Now, 23, when many days had passed, we don't know how long, the Jews plotted to kill him. They were not happy. They didn't like this guy was on their side, and now, you know, as a group, they tried to persecute Christian, and now on the side of those who follow the way Christian, and telling Jews in Judaism that Jesus is God's son, and he is the Messiah. So what that means is that you guys, we, brother, we kill him. We're persecuting him. And so, of course, they did not like him. And imagine this is, this is you know, kind of a, a Jewish community, and they have, still have Pharisees, Sadducees, Sanhedrin, all the kind of religious kind of a power house. And so he, he, he confounded with them. He argued with them. We present, try to persuade them this is the gospel. So they, they were not happy. And many days, the Jews blotted to kill him. But their plot became known to Saul. Somehow it got leaked out. They were watching the gate day and night, not allowed Saul to get out the gate. Let them they stay, you know, uh, in, in kind of a, the gate. They have a city. And, and so they come, come in and out, need to have a security guard. But the disciple took him by night and led him down through an opening uh, in the wall, lowering him down in a basket. Verse 26. When he had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciple, and they were all afraid of him, for they did not believe he was a disciple. Because of his previous track record, they can't trust a man just so quick, you know, to change. Because they did not yet hear the story of how Saul met Jesus. And so, obviously, naturally said, no, uh, we can't trust this guy. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostle and declared to them how on the road he has seen the Lord. So whatever reason, probably Barnabas has about the story. Um, and so told the disciple, yeah, he got, he got, he got, you know, an encounter with Jesus. And so encouraged the disciple that so, um, you know, receive him. So verse 28, he went in and out among them at Jerusalem, again, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. 
he now become the preacher of Jesus' name. No longer try to kill the, those who follow the way, but become a messenger of God's son named Jesus. 29, he spoke and disputed against with the Hellenists, which means this is the Greek-speaking Hebrew we call Hellenists. But they were seeking to kill him. And when the brother learned this, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. Verse 31, we just read. So the church throughout all Judea, Galilee, Samaria, had peace and was being built up, walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. Let me give us uh, just three main points here. Number one, a chosen instrument. The first thing the Bible kind of tells us a story that Ananias and the disciple did not quite trust this man because he was used as a vessel of this honor to kill all those who follow Jesus. After the conversion, after the encounter with Jesus, he met Jesus. Jesus talked to him. He talked back to Jesus. After that undeniable conversation that Jesus, he knows Jesus is alive. And God chose him. And he become a chosen instrument. And the Bible tells us that he carrying out and suffering for Jesus' name. And that's almost the call that Jesus for Saul, later named Paul. Getting insight, he began to see things differently. And the spirit, being filled with the spirit, his life totally transformed and changed from a murderer to become the preacher of Jesus Christ. So the question I want to present to us this morning, even though we are not, we cannot be like the Apostle Paul and Saul in the historical context. But here we are. We are the believer of the way, Jesus. We are the follower of Christ. We read the Bible. We know that Jesus is the Son of God. We affirm, we believe that He is the Savior of the world. And He is our Savior. And we are sinners saved by His grace to the faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. If you have that belief, you are a chosen instrument. Sometimes I felt that because people think that, oh yeah, a chosen instrument, maybe missionary, pastor, you know, Bible teachers, and others. I, I'm just an ordinary Christian. I'm, I'm, I, I don't, I have been struggled to be, you know, a good person. So they did not understand the gospel. The gospel is never about to make you a better life a better Christian, but to put you as a sinner, die to sin on the cross. And Israel would say, I have been crucified with Christ. I know God long God live, but Christ live in me. The light that I receive from Christ, I will want to live up to his will. I don't want to do it my own way, but his way. Ask yourself, are you a carrier of Jesus' name? 
ask your people in your office, ask them, uh, brother, sister, uh, do, you, do you know that I am Christian? And the word Christian now very diluted. So you ask them, I, you know that I carry the name of Jesus? Do you know, as I, 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 I suggest last week, ask them, who is Jesus? Do you, do you want to know? you know his name? And then you can tell them, you, you can tell a lot of information about Jesus. But what I encourage you to tell who is Jesus to you. Because people this day can Google who Jesus is. They got information, but not relation. We want relationship. And a chosen instrument, which means that somehow it's an extension of God's arm and mouthpiece. You know, like, like, like God is sovereign. God, you know, is, is, is spirit. Jesus Christ, the triune God. And he used Saul and he used each of us, of those who believe, become an instrument. We are an instrument. And an instrument like the musical instrument will play music. The master will play it. It's our life if we, we examine. It's our life instrumental for the gospel to be preached, to be shared. Is there any degree that you, you have experienced suffering for Christ's name? I don't know about you, but for those who are in Vietnam here uh, and the Vietnamese, the minute that they say they believe in Jesus, their parents are afraid. I don't know why, they're just afraid. They're afraid of losing them. Afraid that they no longer want to worship their ancestors. They no longer, you know, become, they, they feel they're losing something. And so they, they try to use different way to stop it. So the first thing somebody turned to Christ and believe, they face persecution almost instantly. If they tell the parents. Those who don't tell and keep it quiet will not face persecution. So they say, oh, I, 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 I go to church, but I don't tell my mom and dad. I'm talking about Vietnamese specifically. And, and, uh, I, I, and they ask me, to say, oh, yeah, I just go for some classes. Why? Because there's a power in the name of Jesus. Some of us here working in offices, probably you work for about a year, and your colleague probably never heard you sharing Jesus. Because you're afraid if you tell Jesus, you will lose a job, or you got a pay cut or somehow. Oh, uh, you, you, they don't see you praying. Um, I encourage that you only read the Bible during your break time, to be fair. Because your working hours are supposed to work for the company that who pays you, to be fair. So you can work in lunch break. Have they seen you really that so you can tell why someone is in love with Jesus or someone just having a religion. You can smell it. As you can smell who love to like to go to the bar and drinking. They will tell you what brand of the alcohol that they like. They will tell you what kind of food and cuisine and restaurant they prefer. They will tell you what car and vehicle they use. And they will tell you they are a fan of something. You can tell by seeing their Facebook posts. 
about either fashion, lifestyle. They dedicate their time to watching a lifestyle channel, being that in a food, lifestyle, travel, holiday. There are a lot of distractions that the devil tries to place into our plate. And we feel like we have no time for Jesus. The only thing that Christians today suffer for Christ, I mean, not here, but maybe overseas, when they come to Sunday, there's no parking lot for them. And they complain. I mean, this day in the city, probably the same. I mean, Ho Chi Minh City. They complain because the weather is not in their favorite. The food, the smell of fish sauce. I mean, some of you like it, I know. I mean, being an expat here, if you want to be fair, your complaint list will be longer than your Thanksgiving list. Thanksgiving is coming next week. What are you suffering for Christ? Nobody slapped you in the face when telling the gospel. Nobody spit into your face telling, oh, Jesus is Lord. As I tell you, if you can tell in your office and declare, um, you know, I will tell you Jesus is, is the Lord and I believer of, of Christ. You will not put into prison. That's why, that's I quite guarantee. Now, if you begin to act wittily and transgress the law, like you give track and you will violate traffic jam and say, I'm Christian, you know, I can do that. Then, of course, you could be in prison for this, you know, good course. But I tell you, if you tell them about Jesus, no one will arrest you. Well, they was arrested. Today, we in the, in the grace period, meaning like God is coming back. And he's calling each of us to be a chosen instrument. I don't know about you. I don't want to be useless in his kingdom. I remember my dangerous prayer request, 2004, I think. Lord, use me. Simple stuff. I didn't know what it entails. I never dreamed or I never asked to become a pastor. Uh, I have other things in mind. I have other business plan in mind. But the Lord touched and he chose me. I did not choose him. And I became a chosen instrument. A chosen instrument had this characteristic. Carry Jesus' name and suffering. If I choose to be comfortable, I will do other business. And still be Christian. Other business maybe feel better. <laughs> I was I'm was being a boss, so feel better. Yeah, pastor, the Bible describes as being a servant, a doulos, meaning a slave. A slave has no right. A slave of Christ has the only one right. That is a right relationship with God, being instrument for God, 
caring and suffering for his name. I began to see light differently. I began to see that this light, I put down a list like, if I can have this, and this, and this, this, and what next? And why my early um, uh, young uh, youthfulness, I used to pray, because I, in the IT, I say I want to be one day, you know, uh, similar like Bill Gates. Yeah? I want to be IT, so I want to be that. I uh, was also in, uh, in, uh, in trading. I want to, uh, you know, live my living in the d uh, day trading. And so I read all kinds of books and want to be sometime like Warren Buffett or other. I have other, I'm a fan of other things, but not the follower of Jesus. I was not. The Lord touched me and I encountered him and my life ever forever changed. I gain insight. I see that this life, as the Bible said, that if you can gain the whole world, but lose the soul. What is that? I ask you this. How much you're going to put a price tag on a soul? A dollar? One million dollar? One trillion? How we see and value a soul will tell us what we actually treasure in life. If you believe in Jesus, I pray that you become his chosen instrument in different level, in different pocket of society. We, do, we each of us created unique. But here, the Bible descri describes uh, Saul. He got a lot of hate knowledge about the Old Testament. He encountered Jesus and he got struck blind. Now he opened his eye, he gained insight. And the Bible did not forget to add being filled with the Holy Spirit. And as in the book of Acts, talk about the power to witness, not the power to perform like, you know, the magician we talk about, not to show up, but the power to witness. And I pray that those who are hungry, thirsty for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, you know, we pray every 8 a.m. this morning so that you have the power to live your life at the testimony of Jesus. Amen? Number two, Jesus, God's son. For us, us, we've been to church for a long time. Yeah, I know that. You know that. You have the level of information. Great. That's a good start. But is this relationship we talk about? Are you going down to the relational level? Are you have an intimate relationship with God's son? You talk to him, you have a cup of coffee with him, you pray to him, you talk to him, you share about others, you fellowship with others who believe in God's son. How's your day look like? Look at your calendar. Look at your calendar. How much time you spend to read God's son's love letter, the Bible? God's son information. I know it. People know it. And then when you share the testimony to others, they probably say, yeah, I know that. Uh, you know, I can Google it. But they did not see the relationship that you have with Jesus in you. So ask, ask them. Ask your friend. Normally, are you seeing me? Are you see Jesus in me? Or more like, I just see you as, yeah, you churchgoer. And you still lie, you still hypocrite, you still have, you have a lifestyle of you know, sexual immorality. 
and uh, we go to bar and pub together. They, if they don't see that, then God's son is only at the information level and not at the relational level. And obviously, there's no transformation happen because information on a bookshelf, relationship once a, once a week, once a month. What we saw here in Paul and Saul's life is that he immediately proclaimed the gospel. And I tell you what, I told you, as the Vietnamese uh, in our congregation, I told them, go home and tell your parents whom you just believe. They say, uh, Pastor, give me a week. I say, okay. Some say, uh, not yet. Maybe I'll wait for two months, three months. And usually, this is real, usually the longer people wait, their faith begins to struggle. They know they need to walk with Jesus and proclaim Jesus Christ, but also kind of afraid, fear of being rejected by parents. Saul know that the minute that he proclaimed Jesus, he will be rejected by his fellow Jewish men. But he, the Bible said he immediately proclaimed Jesus, Son of God. So we saw in the text, he instantly faced persecution. But he continued to fearlessly preaching the good news. Imagine this. You, you, can't, you come into a company and they tell everyone and your boss say, you know, I'm a believer of Jesus. I, I, um, I, sorry, I made a mistake. I signed a contract, work contract with you. I did not specify that, you know, I, my Sunday is off. Completely off. I will not work on Sunday. And the boss say, either you work here or you, got, you will be fired if you don't work on Sunday. Let it be so. Because I want to worship Jesus. And Jesus is my Lord, not you. I respect your authority in the company because with the agreement that we signed. But if, sorry, I didn't know better, so I already signed. So a lot of people came to the church and say, Pastor, I work on Sunday. I say, did you uh, talk to the, you know, the employer when you, um, uh, you know, First interview, tell them that who you are. I'm Christian. I will not work on Sunday. You say, uh, I, I didn't know better. So then now you can renegotiate the contract. Tell them, I will not work on Sunday. Otherwise, you're going to turn the, the, the drama triangle. You always find yourself a victim of somebody. Oh, I'm a victim of this society. I'm a victim of this system. I'm a victim of my boss. I'm a victim of company. Where are you? I'm a victim of this. Then you have a victim mentality. Is God's son in your life for you to become a victim? No. The gospel make you become a victim of society? Even all the persecution here we see, they're rejoicing when they have persecution. They're not crazy because they know that the more the person come in, they continue to spread the good news. They feel as they're preaching the good news. That's why we have the good news here. If they, got, they, they stick into Jerusalem, they not even go to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We won't have received the gospel. The very reason that you are sitting here because someone shared the good news with you and you, you, you surrender and you believe. Could be your teacher, parents, a friend. And yet, we come to church. We hope that we can do church without preaching the good news. I just want to be in a spiritual spa treatment. 
I want in a spiritual cruise ship where I do sunbathing outside, somebody massage me, I went to casino, I have a few drinks, I chill myself, life is beautiful and you know, that's all about, I wait for the ticket to heaven. The call for all of us, a chosen instrument, we got brought on board with the warship. We are getting ready to be injured. We got healed by Jesus and going to be useful for his kingdom. Is Jesus really God's son to you? Number three. The church multiply. If we got the first and the second one right, this is the result and the outcome. We don't need to do anything. We don't need to do anything. Imagine this, imagine this. Each of you here begin to pray. For those who like fasting, prayer and fasting. For one soul of a non-believing friend. And share who is Jesus. By the end of next year, let's just say, you know, 2024. Each of you will bring non-believing friend and to come to the knowledge of Jesus. You think how powerful that is. Multiplication. It's not a pastor job to do all evangelistic events. People like, you know, one man show. We want one big head famous and they do rally in the stadium of 20, 30,000. Who follow those who raise their hand to say, believe Jesus? Almost none. And of course now they use the church. The church they, they schedule all, uh, all the people back to some of the home churches. But I want you to see you as a chosen instrument, an, an evangelist. There's no profession. It's each of us call. You don't have to wait for the expert. You are the expert. You are the one that God spoke to and you read his word. So don't wait for, you know, an evangelistic week, an evangelistic month have a program so you can be there rah, 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 and you feel good about it and then you're back to your normal life. You have to ask the people around you to see if you really are a disciple of Jesus Christ or just a church goer and be honest about it. Lord, I repented. I was a church goer and now I want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. I want to be a chosen instrument and I want to proclaim Jesus Christ is God's son and I want to preach the gospel. I want to learn. Show me how. Learn. I want to learn to share, to be an instrument. And the church will multiply. Think about that. That you will experience the life of peace. Peace with God, peace with men. You might have struggle with men, but you have peace with God. That important thing. God-fearing in the fear of the Lord. In the fear of the Lord, you will not tell a lie. In the fear of the Lord, that you will not cheat. In the fear of the Lord, we will not commit sexual adultery. In the fear of the Lord, you will not get drunk. In the fear of the Lord, you will not watch pornography. or get addiction in tobacco, substance, or any kind of form of addiction, in the fear of the Lord, the church will be built up. And in the fear of the Lord, you and I will experience comfort from the Holy Spirit. Not to a self-help motivational speech or a seminar to bring comfort. Today, they sell that very quick. They're very high and high price. You come to a workshop, seminar, they're advertising online. You come here, you heard you want healing and basically self-help. And you come there and you, they comfort you. Comfort from human words. 
will last for a week and a month. They have to come back again. Cause more addiction. If you feel hurt, my prayer that you will seek the only comfort from the comforter that can comfort you, the Holy Spirit. But the question is, do you know him? He's just another guy. Do you know the Holy Spirit? You talk to him? Let me uh, close us with um, this reflection. How we live either multiplies or trivializes the church, the body of Christ. The church is not an institution. The church is the living body of Christ. Self-examine your life. See if your lifestyle multiply the church or trivialize it. Be honest. God's grace is sufficient. Let's just spend a couple minutes.
Jesus, I pray for those who are struggling to tell their parent about Jesus. Let have have the courage, not from the human strength, but from the Holy Spirit. I pray for those who are struggling in the office that try to keep their mouth shut because of fear of something. May that declare speaking the truth in love. For those who are struggling in fear of losing a visa, work permit, or a job, I pray that Lord, we only fear the one that ultimately provides. For those who are struggling, don't know where to begin to tell others about Jesus. Let us also connect how to tell others about a relationship. If you are in a relationship with Jesus Christ, you, no one can stop you from telling how loving, how beautiful your relationship with Him. It's like anyone who, who just enthusiastically tell their parent about relationship. I have a girlfriend, I have a boyfriend. We got engaged, we got about to go to get married, but yet we believe in Jesus, we follow him and not sure about our passion, telling others about Jesus. Something went wrong. Help us, O oh Lord. We don't just follow you at the informational level. We want to follow you at the relational level and we want to see transformation happen. We heard about it. We read in the Bible, but we want to see it now like that. If we read the Bible, we leave everything recorded there in there is true and it's still valid for today. Why don't we expect that to happen in our life? remove all the religiosity because religiosity suffocate and murder the gospel remove all the installation the hurt and the pain we gather over the years or the trauma with our parents or with the employer or with friends put off all of those and put on Christ Jesus Put on the righteousness of Christ. Put on grace, love, faith, and mercy. Reflect Christ-likeness in our life. Oh, Lord Jesus, help us. Because how we live, we either multiply your body or trivialize the church. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be here and to be used by you. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. We pray that you and your family are encouraged by this message. Join us next time and do click the follow button on our profile page to stay up to date with the latest message. God bless you.